passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 23rd, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Dan Rubin. We're going to get into a lot of stuff on today's show. We have the debut of the soon-to-be world-famous Agree or Disagree game. I'm sure you guys are jazzed about that. I am definitely jazzed about that. So the Agree or Disagree game will be unveiled today. We're going to look back on the Penn State game. We're going to look ahead to Wisconsin. Dan's going to talk recruiting uh, we got a little bit of everything coming for you, um, but I want to start off with talking about one of our great sponsors, Manscaped, and a great deal you guys can get. Gentlemen across the nation, I have an urgent message for you. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. The brand that took your balls to space is now launching them into the ultrasphere. Introducing the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, featuring a new cutting-edge design and the next-generation dual skin-safe blade heads for different shaves. It's pretty much a spaceship to take your boys downstairs to the next level. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. High tech for low places, Manscaped. All right, once again, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. At manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough. It's time to go ultra with Manscaped. All right. I tell you what, Ohio State's defense went ultra against Penn State. Um, I'm here for Dan Rubin, 20 to 12. You know, should, it really was 20 to 6. I mean, they this defense is just the best in the nation, in my opinion. Not that I'm biased or anything. Um, your main takeaways from the uh, Penn State game. Yeah, that um... – I can't remember when it was in the first half, but at some point in time, I realized Knowles had Penn State's number. Um, he wasn't going to be – there was no kitchen sink approach by Penn State. That was literally my fear was that, um, yes, they had won all their games by a healthy margin, but they were not explosive. I think their most explosive play came in the first drive of their first game. But um, – there was no kitchen sink approach, and then they looked like they had them handled. So any down and distance to Ohio State's favor, I, fe- I felt pretty confident. And, you know, Drew Aller, I admit I have basked in the glow of a lot of the post-game uh, commentary 
excuse me, do I like going to the losers' sites and listening to their shows? Maybe. Um, but generally speaking, the issue that I got out of Penn State is they, they just could not get open. Um, you lost your number one corner in Denzel Burke, and yet uh, it was a Velcro-type cornerback performance from the defensive back. So they're just limited on the outside. And when that's the case and you don't have a quarterback that's mobile, uh, you're in trouble. So, I mean, defensively, they're a good team. Uh, did Ohio State leave some plays on the field? Sure. Um but like you said, there's a lot of cosmetic aspects to this game. It wasn't, it did not, it was not 2012. You know what I'm saying? The eye test didn't say 2012. Yeah, Ohio State controlled this game. I, I love it, you know. And, uh, you know, we all would have taken a 2012, you know, Ohio State win coming into the game. And as you said, it didn't even feel like a 2012 game. It felt more like 20 to 6 is what, which is what it almost was. There was a 23 6. And there's a yeah, there's a cut, yeah, because the yeah, because you're it was right. more than just a two touchdown win. Like, I know the feeling of being up two touchdowns and feeling comfortable. This was more than that. Th- there was not a lot of like, believe me, and I can have nerves down the stretch for with the best of them. I just didn't have that feeling in my stomach. I don't know why. I just rewatched the game this morning. I'm actually uh pretty close to posting a, a what we learned written version on the site. And uh, one thing that I noticed during the game, but I had almost forgotten about was. Not only did Penn State's that last drive make things look good for them, Ohio State was in a prevent defense, right. which is smart. You're up by 14. The last thing you want to do is give up an 80-yard touchdown or 70-yard touchdown and be like, here we go again. Why are they not just keeping everything in front of them? But I almost forgot there were a couple sympathy penalties in there as well. That drive would have ended early if not for a really bad sympathy penalty. Um, the the Maybe the officials felt bad for Penn State there as well. There was, was seriously what it looked like with some of those penalties on that last there was drive. a face mask, and both were, I think, get-off plays. I think both were, you know, yeah. third downs. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That's that's what I'm kind of talking about. There have been there have been plenty of times down the stretch, for example, the Notre Dame game was a close game. This was not. Well said. All right, so, I mean, Marv – Maserati Marv, I love that nickname. Um, he should have an NIL deal with him. It wouldn't be a bad car to drive around in. Um, yeah, he was the star of the game. JT Tumalau played great. This entire, the super juniors on the defensive line. JT, Tyleek Williams is also playing at an All-American level, has been all year. Um, Jack Sawyer's now playing better. Mike Hall, those super juniors, I love those guys. So, that, you know, those were the stars of the game. Marvin, JT, really the entire defense. Let's talk about Kyle McCord. And I want to preface this with um, I think overall Kyle has been solid to good this year. You know, I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's been bad. I think he's either been solid or good most of the season this year. Also, Penn State's got a really, really, really good defense. You know, I, I, that's that, that does play into it. But something we all noticed watching the game live, something that I definitely paid close attention to re-watching the game, I mean, the ball placement was bad. It was bad. Now he's playing against a tough defense, and it hasn't been that bad all year, Dan. But rewatching the game, I didn't get a better feeling. I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, geez, like, you know. And what happens if he doesn't have Marvin Harrison Jr. out there snagging some of those balls that also was poor ball placement? So McCord, even though Penn State's defense is really good, McCord needs to be markedly better than that, in my opinion, even with this defense being elite. So just out of uh, curiosity, I went to see if the uh, if you project McCord's numbers out, what he's going to finish with, just in terms so we can put it in perspective. Thirty three hundred and twenty passing yards, which for here is low. Twenty one touchdowns, which for here is low. Two interceptions. 
It's not good bad. ratio. Good ratio. About 64 percent uh, completion percent percentage, which actually is a little bit low for Ohio State. Yards per attempt, Dave, 9.4. Do you know what C.J. Stroud's yards per attempt was last year? 9.5. So the ball was traveling down the field. The ball was traveling down the field. He was just inaccurate. Um, I think the the throw, you and Steve hit it on the uh, What We Learned Live. The throw that kind of is indicative to me is the one to Tate in the seam, where you put that out in front of him at six probably, or at least – He's doing the two-hander on the 10-yard line if that if that DB's got some wheels. Um, I don't really have a good answer for ball placement because accuracy is kind of a natural thing. Um, right. It could have been – I'd have to go back and look. His feet could have been a little off. Um, lest we forget, and I mentioned C.J. Stroud's numbers. C.J. Stroud had two NFL tackles. He had Emeka and Marv. And uh, – who knows who our running back will be next week uh, because they're going to do the old draw straws at practice again on Tuesday to see who's going to have be injured. I've never seen anything like that. It's not that they are injured so much. It's that I've never been able to not predict who's playing out of a unit worse than this group of running backs. My In the round table, I said, I'd like to see a rotation of uh, Dallin Hayden and Travion Henderson. That worked well. We would have had a total of zero carries uh, for them. We would not have much of a running game, so I can't explain that. But well, Dallin should have played. I, 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 I don't, don't, we, I don't yeah. get it. Um, we're yes, gonna get we, we do get it though. We know why they do not trust him in pass protection. It, that has to be it, Dave. You asked the question, and I give Dave credit. That was as political an answer as you'll see. He's great with the ball in his hands, which means. I don't know if that means when the ball is thrown to him while it's in the air, he he, he struggled and stuff like that. Um, I'm not. Lofty. I'm not. Oh, and people are saying, look, I'm not saying Kyle McCord didn't throw a bunch of bad balls, but I do think we need to take it with a grain of salt. Um, it was a much better opponent than they had faced previous. Uh, the weather wasn't great for throwing the football. I mean, I don't think he was great. You don't need me to. I mean, if I were to come on here and say he was great, I'd be lying. But I do think it's kind of interesting, and I may have developed a complex because I'm also a Cowboys fan, where people talk about Marvin Harrison like he's not really on the team. Like he comes in for weekends for games. They're like, well, if they didn't have Marvin Harrison, they would. It's like, what do you. They recruited Marvin Harrison, by the way, from the hometown of the head coach they were playing against. I think that hurts a little bit. Um, they're both Philly guys. So I don't understand that part. It literally, people talk about, well, if they, what if they didn't have Marvin Harrison? They do. They won that game at the dinner table, okay? That's how you win. So that part I don't get. I get Kyle needs to get a lot better. But the idea that Marv is like Henderson from Fat Times at Ridgemont High that we, flow in, we fly in for – I heard he only flies in for games. That's, that's just not accurate. We deserve credit for having Marv in the fold. They also deserve credit, you know, and this kind of gets lost on the shuffle. when We've talked about it, but uh... – not on the show really so far today, but we've talked about it. Not only did they control this game against Penn State, they win it convincingly against a top seven team. They do it without a Buka. They do it without Denzel Burke. They do it without Travion Henderson. I mean, think about that. So, yeah, the people, what if they didn't have Marvin Harrison Jr.? Okay, well, what if they they do have him? What if they did have a Buka out there? You know, what would this have looked like? What if they had Denzel Burke out there? I'll tell you what, with the way Jordan Hancock played and Igbenosin, they didn't even need Burke. Those guys played Dave? great. All right, let's get to it. Dave? Let's get to 
Go ahead. My grandmother always used to say, if you had wheels, you'd be a trolley car. So if, no, there's another, no sense if, to me. There's another if analogy out there that, that I've used before uh, dealing with family members. I don't think I'm I already did a manscaped dad. I can say it. Yeah. My aunt had balls should be my uncle. Yeah. We, we've all heard that one. Yeah. We don't want to manscape oh. your aunt now. Come on now. Uh, no, 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 no. That's why I said gentleman. Uh, that's why the ad says gentleman. That's why okay. Said. Now um, uh, let's get to the agree, disagree game. Great. This is going to be fun. Now, I don't necessarily agree or disagree with these statements myself, but I think they are interesting topic uh, starters. And I try to focus a little bit more on big pictures. Dave and I were talking before the show because, you know, after the Penn State game was a milepost for the season where we always kind of knew we were going to stop and assess things. So these, and I promise you, no, no wagering. Uh, this is not a, this is not a gambling yet. And Dave has not heard any of these questions. Mm-mm. All right. The winner of the game will determine the Heisman Trophy winner between J.J. McCarthy and Marvin Harrison. Disagree because I don't think Mar- people are given. I'm writing about this. I'm, I ha- this is one of my bullet points in uh, what we learned. The the written version is Marvin needs to be getting more Heisman love right now. He's an extreme long shot, thirty five to one. This despite putting up big time numbers in an offense that uh, without him um, is not putting up big numbers. I mean, look at the Penn State game. It was like Marvin and uh, including Penn State and the rest of Ohio State's guys. I was like Marvin had more had better numbers than anybody. Um, both teams combined. So. Um, it just seems like they're going to give it to, I could see as long as McCarthy doesn't have a terrible day, I could even see Ohio state winning that game and them still giving it to McCarthy. He's the favorite right now, or Jaden McDaniels is right there as well. If LSU wins out and he puts up big numbers. So I hope I'm wrong. I I will, uh, maybe this is reverse psychology, but I'll disagree. I think it's more likely than we think. If you actually look at it, um, in the classic sense, I don't think McCarthy or Marv are having like an overwhelming, overwhelming, excuse me, Heisman season. But I don't think there's any other candidates that have a great shot. Michael Penix cannot win it. He's out. Okay. Caleb Williams is out. Okay. Yeah. Give me some. Jamie Daniels at LSU. Dude. LSU doesn't want anything. You're preaching to the choir here. I think Marvin, I don't know. Here's what I've said. I'm just going to give away my column here. This is just one part of it. Okay. I think I even talked about, no, I talked about this on my show in Columbus yesterday. It's all running together, Dan, as you can imagine, the most talking about Ohio State football this time of year. But like, what do we hear all the time from analysts, from opposing coaches, Ohio State's coaches, teammates, name it, people you trust in the football world. What do we hear all the time? Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in college football. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in college football. My friends, last time I checked, we have an award for that. Right. Called the Heisman Trophy. So I have no idea. You look at the Vegas odds right now. And I, you know, uh, shockingly, I do have a couple apps on here that uh, of the gambling persuasion. Um, he's 35 to one. He's a long shot. So if you think he's going to win it, which he should get on there and put your money where your mouth is, because 35 to one is a long shot. That's ridiculous to me. That's I actually ridiculous. think I, I don't buy. I know those are the numbers. I believe that that's what the website says. But one thing Marvin has or everybody else is everybody knows his name. This that's is true. not Joe Blow. When you when you get down to the end and people be like, who am I going to vote? Like I, you made the statement that that I was going to make. If you took a hundred educated college football fans from the entire country 
and they only had five seconds to answer. And he said, who's the best player in college football? He'd win in a landslide. So I think he's got a much better chance than we think. And a lot of reason is, like I said, it's because of he's a household name already because of his pops and because, hello, he plays for the Scarlet and Gray. And uh, our exposure nationally, decent, last time I checked. Okay, let's stick with the game as the basis. Regardless of the result of the game, both Ohio State and Michigan are going to the playoff. Disagree. Disagree, especially if Michigan loses. If Michigan loses, you know, they'll have one. Let's assume they beat Penn State. They'll have one quality win. And right now, unless somebody's overtaken them, they have the weakest schedule of any Power 5 team. I think Penn State was second or right up there. I mean, look at Michigan's schedule. It's really, really, really rough. You know, they they didn't play anybody. So if Michigan's sitting there at 11-1, and one, they're not getting in. Ohio State could. We saw it happen last year. It could happen again. If Ohio State loses by a field goal in Ann Arbor, that's their only loss. They have wins They're over going. Penn State and Notre Dame. Let's say Penn State and Notre Dame stay in the top 10 or at least top 12. I could see Ohio State sneaking in again, even with the loss against Michigan. I don't even want to think about that. They better beat Michigan this year, Dan. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, it'd be a yes, yes. or I would agree slash disagree because – disagree overall because Michigan's not getting in 11-1, uh, and one, no way. It's funny when I asked the question, I didn't really consider that. Believe it or not, I'm kind of focused on Ohio State, but that's a good, that's a good answer. Right. Um, I, I think Ohio State, this is what I was going to say. We, If the Ohio State handles, th- like I'm saying, they got to start throwing some points up. They got a blowout. They got they needed like a blowout in Madison would help. Um, if that's the case and they win all, if, if you win all your games and hypothetically people, you lose to the number two team on the road by a few, you're going to the playoff if you're Ohio State. I'm telling you. Because I don't believe the other teams aren't that good. It's not like Florida State is – I don't believe the rest of the, the teams are going to hold serve. There's no That never happens anyway, and the teams aren't good enough at this point. So that's my opinion. Uh, next two games are at Wisconsin and at Rutgers. At Rutgers coming off a bye because they don't play this coming weekend, is tougher than at Whiskey this weekend. Disagree, but I, I am not blowing it off because I've watched Rutgers closely. They uh, they have a good defense. Um, they can run the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball against Ohio State because they're completely one-dimensional. Um, but, I mean, Camp Randall at night um, is just – it can get hopping. And Luke – I know when he brought Cincinnati, you can see it's easy to say, well, Luke's going to have his guys ready. And I've said that too. I know what happened when Cincinnati came and everybody's like, Luke's going to have his guys ready in 2019 and the Buckeyes blew their doors off 42 to nothing. That's also one of the best Ohio State teams I've ever seen, 2019 Ohio State. Should have been playing for the national championship against LSU. I got screwed against Clemson. That 2019 Ohio State team was fantastic on both sides of the ball, but I digress. Um you know, I, I just uh, – I think Wisconsin – now, Wisconsin's not good. They're not terrible. They're mediocre. I still think they're better than R- Rutgers. Wisconsin beat Rutgers by 11 this year. Um, and the game being at Wisconsin at night, a little bit of a trap game for Ohio State um, coming off the Penn State game. I think Wisconsin at night um, is the tougher – I'm not really worried about either one. I think both are going to be relatively – not as much as Penn State – relatively – low-scoring defensive slugfest with Ohio State scoring more than they did against Penn State and moving the ball better. Um, 
But, um, you know, I'll go with Wisconsin as the tougher game. I think I'd agree with that, but I'll say this. Rutgers, like I said, that we didn't get the we did not get the kitchen sink from Penn State. Rutgers is going to give you the kitchen sink yep. with the bye week in between. You could see seven to ten trick plays in that game. I'm not kidding because Shiano is a pull out all the stops type. I remember there was a game here against Rutgers where we eventually crushed him, but there was a Go time where he was doing goofy crap, and you're like, "What's yeah. going on?" So, um, I do not think Luke will get goofy against Ohio state because he runs the risk of being embarrassed at home at night. I don't think Shiano gives an F about any of that stuff. You know right. what I mean? You don't give they're a eligible. Yeah. There's house nuts. money now. You're right. Yeah. Well, that guy's nuts too. Yep. So, um, all right. Over the last five regular season games, so like a 12 game regular season, we're seven and oh, Carnell Tate will have more receptions than Julian Fleming. Well, I like that one. Um, agree. It's close. And he, I think this Fleming could come back next year, even though this is his fourth year because of the COVID year. I think regardless, he's just going to okay. go. I, even, I don't think he's going to be an early pick. Um, so I could see, you know, Hartline giving him some love, especially him being this is probably his last year. But Tate's coming on, man. Tate's coming on. And uh, I don't see that, you know, I see that trend continuing, not going the other way. So I think it'll be very close. You can make arguments either way, salient arguments. Either way, I'll, I'll agree. I'll tell you what. If you start looking at next year, they're going to be young at receiver. Super, super talented, but uh, very young. For the first time in a while, you don't have like a dynamic duo of first-round guys coming back because they'll be in the league. But it will be very interesting. Uh, okay. Blank will finish as Ohio State's leading rusher. Dave, listen to these epic numbers right now. Your leading rusher is a guy named Travion Henderson. You've seen pictures. Uh, 295 yards, followed by Chip Trainum, 158 yards, and Mayan Williams, 100 and some odd yards as well. I wrote that down wrong. Regardless, it's not impressive. Uh, who will finish as Ohio State's leading rusher? You got five games. Jeez, just because he's in the lead right now, I'll go with Travion. Um, Yikes. I will agree if that's if, we, if I'm agreeing that he'll lead. I'll, I'll agree it's going to be the guy in the lead right now. Um, here's the thing, though, Dan. It feels like and I almost said, well, we're here, and you know they probably could have played him last week, but they decided to sit him out to you know save him for the next week. You'd never do that, you know. You'd never save him for. I guess I mean Wisconsin's no joke, but if if he could have played against Penn State, he would have played against Penn State, in my opinion. And we've heard this for three straight weeks. Oh, he could have played, but you know they decided to be cautious with it. Sounds like to me it's something that the, is definitely a lingering injury, um, and the durability concerns with him continue. It's not a lack of toughness; it's a lack of durability. That's completely different, um, but it is a concern. But we keep hearing that it's not long-term, so I, I'll roll the dice and say Travion, but you can see how, how much confidence I have in my answer. This is, like I said, I've never I've never followed a team, college, pro, high school, where I literally had no idea who the running back was going to be the next week. And I've watched every snap of every game of every player. So I, I don't, I have no clue, literally no clue. If you told me they put Hayden in there for the rest, last five games, I'll tell you, I think the leading rush would be. I almost said, I almost like said Fallon him. Wade and 
Yep. Um, I almost said if it, if it was up to me, it might be Dallin Hayden, but it's not. Um, and let me tell you something. Uh, I get that. That's believe it or not. When I leave the house, the, those few people who do recognize me or know that my job, I'm getting that a lot on the street. Why isn't he playing? What's the problem? Yada, yada, yada. And here's oh, another yeah. thing. This is the playoffs aren't going to be that tough to make going forward. You need to pull out all the freaking stops to get in the playoff this year. This year, go look at what it would be like for Ohio State in the top 12. They've made the playoffs like 67 of 68 years. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah. And also, the number one easiest position to get in the transfer portal is running back. This It makes no sense what they're doing. I don't, I don't buy the – I no longer buy the red shirt for Dallin Hayden thing uh, is to make him the main guy. I think they blatantly just don't think he's good enough to be back there. They've had plenty of chances to put him in there. Plenty. And they have no interest in doing it. Okay. Last one. Uh, the second Ohio State Buckeye chosen in the 2024 NFL draft behind Maserati. I think it will be. Let me make sure I'm not forgetting somebody. Okay, hold on. It's between two guys, I think. And it's not a Mecca, even though I, a Mecca. Oh. Um, it's between Denzel Burke. And JT Tuimolo Al. Corners that are at such a premium. Or so are rush ends. Ooh, yeah. That's gonna be a tough one. So are receivers. I will go with Denzel Burke as the number two, but JT's right there. Mecca's gonna be a first round. They're gonna have four first round picks. But I'll go with I'll go with Burke because of just how high, first of all, how well he's played. Hopefully his injury's not serious. We're hearing it's not, so that's good. Um but um, of course, we—you never know with injuries with this team, so who knows? Um, but I am hearing it's not like you know serious, like long term. Um, and I thought that was great that Emeka was at least able to dress. I won't be surprised if it's JT, but I'll go with Denzel Burke. Uh, that's fair. Um, I think it's going to be JT in the end, just because having taken a quick peek at the draft, there are a bunch of corners that you could argue. Um, ahead of Burke, but he, they, they both are kind of getting that late first round vibe buzz, which is kind of the spot reserved. And a lot of times for guys who at one point in time were thought to be super high, something happened. And now they're kind of back to their regular form and people are hesitant to put them too high. You know what I'm saying? But they know, I mean, there's no question talent wise. Um, I mean, Burke is borderline prototype when you look at his body and JT the same for the strong sign defensive end. So I'll go with JT, but Dave, very good performance by you in the disagree, agree game. I love this idea. Great idea on your part. So we'll have to break this out every now and then the agree, disagree game. All right, let's uh, finish up. Uh, give the good people uh, what they need to know about the big recruiting weekend, Mr. Rubin. So uh, it was impressive. Um, sometimes you get a little nervous that a noon game, for your big recruiting weekend of the year can be an issue just because Ohio state to quote spinal tap recruits the world and elsewhere. So guys have to come from uh, far distances, but there were some dudes there. You didn't have your Californians because um, of the way it went down, generally speaking. But if you go to Bill Curlick's photo gallery that he has on the site right now, you can see a ton of dudes. The guy that I was focused on uh, Amaris Williams Defensive end, top player in the state of North Carolina, verbally committed to Florida. Uh, what's interesting is 
Florida got a commitment from, I think it's LJ McCray. If I have his last name wrong, I apologize. A super high rated defensive lineman this weekend. Um, I don't think they, I mean, he's the kind of guy at Florida you take at any point in time, but Amaris Williams seeing another guy commit to Florida who's ranked higher than him, by the way, he's the 10th ranked defensive lineman in the country. Uh, right now, Justin Scott and Edric Houston are three and six. So if you pull in Amaris Williams, you're talking three of the top 10 defensive linemen in the country, which be, would be incredible. Um, there was another group, great group of kids out here at the weekend. You should definitely go check that out. But in terms of guys you really want to be focused in on right now, it's Amaris Williams. The next big name out there uh, is Jordan Seaton, who is a left tackle who plays at IMG. There was some question about whether he was a left tackle or a interior lineman. He's a transfer from St. John's in D.C. Those of you who uh, have ESPN got to see St. John's play DeMatha uh, on ESPN this past weekend. Pretty sure DeMatha came out in the end and won that. But Seton transferred from St. John's where he did play on the interior. But at IMG, he's playing left tackle. Uh, I know for a fact someone has told Someone very close to me that Ohio State believes Seton is a better prospect than Brandon Baker. So Brandon Baker was, I thought, the top left tackle in the country. So Seton will be here for the Michigan State game. Um, so that's one to keep an eye on. But yesterday was, you know, a lot of committed dudes were here. You can see your next two quarterbacks, Davian St. Clair, who, by the way, talk about someone who passes the eye test. He is impressive, man. He's a legit. He doesn't look like Terrell Pryor yet, but when he gets here, physically speaking, that's going to be his his closest comparison. Um, and there's just a ton of other dudes here, so definitely keep it locked in here. And the Dean has all the skinny you need, but you're going to have to pay for a lot of it. All right. Yeah, keep it locked to Bucknuts, Wisconsin coverage all week. I'm going to have a quick look back on what we learned from Penn State. I'll have that up on the site probably within the hour after I uh, – Rewatched the game this morning. Um, great stuff out of Dan Rubin. Uh, the debut of the agree-disagree game. It's going to become a staple, my friend. Huge. Great stuff out of Dan. It might be, yeah, it might be syndicated before it's we know basically it. like our answer to Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. This is what we're <laughs> doing to boost the show. God, I'm sick of that, but go it ahead. Should, it should work. My my daughters are so into – I mean, I know probably every, like, so girls funny. those age in, in, the, in the country are super into Taylor Swift. They think that they're the biggest Taylor Swift fans in the world they went to the movie yesterday the three-hour movie thing my wife took them so uh uh my they're actually like oh are the chiefs playing today i'm like you guys are not allowed to be chiefs fans we are bengal fans we are not gonna root for the kansas city chiefs just because of taylor swift so anyway so i had um, someone i had someone say to me so when tom brady was married to giselle bunchton she actually made more more money than he did and then travis kelsey was like hold my beer okay <laughs> right you know what I mean? Right. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen the prices for Taylor Swift's concerts? I know that she, she's in the billions for her tour. Yeah. Yep. She is. All right. Wait, I did not expect to talk about Taylor Swift to end the show. Dave. Never know what you're going to get. Everybody talks about Taylor Swift. You never know what you're going to get on the Bucknuts Morning 5. Yeah, everybody does talk about her. Yeah, I, I knew she was trouble when she, wa when she walked in, Dan. I knew she was trouble when she there walked in. I, I'm assuming that's a song reference. I've never once actually. Oh, yeah. You're, you have no idea, do you? Cool. Okay. Just say, hey, hey, shake it off. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks again to Dan. Thanks to all of you guys. Appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5 a part of your morning 
every morning, Monday through Friday. Thanks to Dan. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.